if you kind of consider what a saboteur is, it's like when you're young and it's trying to keep you protected from all of the emotional and life threats that there are out there. So it's like putting a cast on your leg to keep mm. you safe, to keep you bolstered. But the thing is, you grow up and a cast for when you're four years old isn't going to serve you when you're 20 or 30 or 40 or whatever. It's actually going to constrict your blood flow. It's going to hobble you. And that's what we are appreciating with these saboteurs, that they no longer serve us and that we are much better served by using that resourceful part of our brain. So the judge you talked about being a self-critic, but it's not just self-critic. So the judge also criticizes others and quite dangerously because it's quite insidious, quite subtle. It, it judges circumstance. So that idea of oh, it's always going to be like this. The economy is you know, turning to mark and you know, I'm never going to be able to do this. That's a really dangerous um, belief. And it's our judge telling us it's, it's, it's not necessarily true. So how we perceive the world is often through the lens of our judge. So I, thought, I have the impression you're talking about all the French people I know, including myself. <laughs> Maybe that's your judge. judge <laughs> maybe, it's, maybe it's my judge, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to episode 136. Entrepreneurs possess great superpowers to help build a successful business, but saboteurs can dilute them and hinder your progress. They often manifest as self-imposed barriers, fueled by self-doubt, fear, imposter syndrome, and excessive perfectionism, or an insistence on micromanaging every aspect of the business. Georgina Halibi, a professional certified performance and well-being coach, has dedicated her career to help her clients recognize and silence the saboteurs in them and nurture what we call a sage mindset. She uses the positive intelligence technique, something that is familiar to me as I followed their foundational training course. You are not your saboteurs, so don't allow them to interfere in your entrepreneurial journey. Get out of your own way and stop being the bottleneck in your business. Talking about bottlenecks, I suggest you take my bottleneck index quiz. It's a quick and accurate tool to evaluate your potential bottlenecks and their impact on your business. You'll find the link in the show notes. And now let's turn to our conversation. Hi, Georgina. Thank you very much for joining me. Hi, Laurent. I've got to say, you just explained all of that beautifully. Well, I didn't do anything. I just copied and pasted what you, what you wrote. <laughs> <laughs> So I insisted on the capital letters of end, you know, yes. performance and well-being. But I'm going to I'm going to use that again because you help your clients to be successful and capital and happy. But, you know, I thought that according to all the Instagram photos and videos, all the social media posts that you that we see, you know, all the reels, I, I thought that success will always bring happiness doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's a bit of a myth, isn't it? <laughs> Let, let's, let's look at that. Let's see how accurate that is in our own lives. So, you know, all of the areas that we've been striving to be successful from a very, very young age, we believe I'll be happy when, so I'll be happy mm. when 
I get my top grades. I'll be happy when I get into the best university. I'll be happy when I get that top job. And then it becomes when I get the promotion, when I meet the perfect partner, when I get, you know, loads more money, get the mortgage, have the kids, you know, at what point do we stop and go, I'm happy? Yeah. <laughs> We're constantly striving. So there is this built-in mechanism of just especially for people who have a high hyperachiever saboteur like myself, realizing this, I'll be happy when actually never, never really happens. It never materializes because we hit our milestone. We spend about 30 seconds appreciating it. And rather than admiring how far up the mountain we've come or appreciating the view, we're already looking at the next hurdle, the next distance. So success does not mean happiness. But funnily enough, they have done enough studies to find out that happiness does influence success. It's actually inverted the other way around. And that's not that difficult to believe because when you consider how the mind works, we all have Mm. something called mirror neurons, which means that how other people feel, we're able to mirror them and to reflect that back. That's why things like anger or laughter is contagious. And so when people are happy, it uplifts everybody else around them. And when people are happy, it makes them present, which puts them into their own state of mind where they're more receptive. You know, it puts you in a state of mind where you're resourceful and you're dealing with what's in front of you and out of your head. You know, when I say Mm. out out of your overthinking mind. So happiness does lead to success, not the other way around. It's interesting if I relate to entrepreneurs, what you were saying about going from one peak to another. I know many entrepreneurs were like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They don't stop to just enjoy the journey. And this, this is, you know, this is one of the reasons why they are successful, because they have that passion, that, that, that not, not resilience, but, you know, this ability to constantly move. But yeah. at what costs? That's that's the question. So it's quite interesting. Start again. It's quite interesting. Take my teeth out. Because um, when you think about the saboteur brain and the hyperachiever is just one of many saboteurs, there's many others like the judge, the controller, the victim, the pleaser, the avoider and so forth. What they do is they take our innate strengths and Mm. they use it to basically beat us with. And the idea is that they're all about survival. And, and, and keeping us safe rather than our long-term success, rather than our long-term sustainable happiness. So um, for example, somebody with a hyperachiever saboteur, it will tell them you need me, you need me to stay successful. And that's not true because the strengths that these people naturally have are things like drive, motivation, inner directedness. But imagine being able to access all of those, but without the stress And the need to perform and the need to prove just to be able to work with that direction and that drive. So so you you started mentioning uh, some uh, saboteurs. Maybe maybe perhaps we should we should talk about a little bit more about, you know, positive intelligence. Yeah, sure. What what, what is it? What are those uh, saboteurs and and, um, you were talking about? Okay, so positive intelligence is basically it's taken um, the last 20 years of research in neuroscience, cognitive behavioral therapy um, sports performance science and positive psychology. And then on top of that, they've done their own research to distill down all the different ways we get in our own way, the ways in which we sabotage ourselves. And they've distilled it down into 10 key saboteurs. At the same time, through neuroscience, we understand that there's a part of our brain, which is our prefrontal cortex, they call it the sage brain. Mm. And that is the part of our brain that is responsible for empathy, creativity, resourcefulness, perspective. And they've come out with a really snackable way of shifting you from 
getting triggered and being in that saboteur survival mind and shifting into the part of your brain that serves you, which is your sage brain. And to be able to do that in the moment, anytime, anywhere. And it's, it's very, very powerful. So it works on three core muscles. The first one is being able to be aware of and intercept your saboteurs. And we'll go into, you know, the different mm -hmm. saboteurs in a moment. And the second one is being able to access your, your sage brain, which actually comes online once you stop all of the, the shouting of the saboteurs. It naturally comes online. And then the third muscle is being able to switch at will from one, that part of your brain to the next. So who are the key saboteurs? So the top one is the judge. The judge mm -hmm. is the master saboteur and every all the others are his minions. So it's the one that is, tells you you're bad, you suck. Uh, yeah, it's our inner critic. It's our nasty self-talk. And my yeah. God, it's horrible. And we listen to it. Right. So yeah. I, I, I remind people that would you ever go to advice from your worst critic? It's a good point. <laughs> but we listen to it and go, oh, OK, yeah. you suck. Oh, yes, I suck. Says who? Oh, says mm. that voice in my brain. But you are not your saboteurs. They're just trying to keep you safe and small. If you kind of consider what a saboteur is, it's like when you're young and it's trying to keep you protected from all of the emotional and life threats that there are out there. So it's like putting a cast on your leg to keep mm. you safe, to keep you bolstered. But the thing is, you grow up and a cast for when you're four years old isn't going to serve you when you're 20 or 30 or 40 or whatever. It's actually going to constrict your blood flow. It's going to hobble you. And that's what we're appreciating with these saboteurs, that they no longer serve us and that we are much better served by using that resourceful part of our brain. So the judge you talked about being a self-critic, but it's not just self-critic. So the judge also criticizes others and quite dangerously because it's quite insidious, quite subtle. It, it judges circumstance. So that idea of oh, it's always going to be like this. The economy is, you know, turning to mark and, you know, I'm never going to be able to do this. That's a really dangerous um belief and it's our judge telling us it's, it's it's not necessarily true so how we perceive the world is often through the lens of our judge so i, thought, I have the impression you're talking about all the french people i know including myself <laughs> maybe that's your judge <laughs> maybe, maybe it's my judge yeah <laughs> And then some of these other saboteurs, obviously, you've gone through the program long, so it, they'll be familiar to you. But I think all of us have aspects of these to some greater or lesser degree. So the ones that I imagine the res will resonate the most with some of the entrepreneurs, um, hyperachiever, we've kind of covered that, right? Controller, this idea mm -hmm. of I know best and it will keep things safe if I maintain control of everything. And that's really hard because we calcify and we stay rigid. And what happens is we can't control the world. We can't control people. We can't control really anything other than what we think and what we do. So when we're able to translate our, our controller saboteur into something more constructive, it's this idea of we can't control the wind and the waves, but we can become the best surfer and we can navigate through life, you know, in response to rather than uh, in clashing against uh, what's happening to us. So that's the controller. Then you've got the stickler. The stickler is the perfectionist. So uh, key strengths of that is sort of methodical, organized. These people are amazing at keeping to rules, creating rules. But at mm. the same time, there's this belief that if we're not maintaining order, or keeping everything perfect, some ways things will crumble, or this idea that I have to always look my best, in which case, you know, um, I'm just not gonna, I'm not gonna try. Um, this idea that if it's not perfect, 
then what's the point in doing it? And that's mm -hmm. actually quite a similar motivation. And I don't know if you found this to, to the avoider. I find that there's a correlation between the stickler and the avoider. And the avoiders are amazing at sort of managing scenarios, being able to adapt to situations. But, you know, unfortunately, they do it in a way to avoid conflict or to avoid yeah. pressure. They come from a place of empathy, but really they, they push things away. Unless you know what, what you resist persists and you can't really go through avoiding life because it happens anyway. So who else have we got? We've got um, the the pleaser. Pleasers that was, that one was very strong with me when I took the test. Uh, really? <laughs> I'm a coach. So then you tell us what your pleaser tells you. My pleaser would uh, would would tell me because I've I've worked on it, but it would always put me before others. No, sorry, put others before me. Uh, yeah. So I would do things at the expense of myself all yeah. the time because I wanted to please people. It's it's stronger than me. This is the reason why I became a coach. Interesting. Right? But it also gives me. It also comes with uh, some very adverse effects like sometimes i just want to please people for the sake of pleasing them and they don't care and then i get slapped in my face because right. i was like hey i'm trying to help you you know i'm trying to make you pleased but they don't want that and you know i do not see uh them being happy about my about my actions and that yeah. frustrates me yeah yeah, right. exactly that. The idea that you're constantly doing all these things and often aren't unasked for to help and to serve people. And yeah. when they don't reciprocate that energy because we, you know, they haven't instigated it, then yeah. we feel this sense of resentment and frustration. Yes. Yes. And one of the key things with people who have high pleaser saboteurs is they find it very hard to articulate their own needs. This idea that, you know, if they were to put themselves first, it's selfish and that's simply not true. You know, when you go on an aeroplane and they tell you, put your mask on first before you deal with everybody else, it's exactly that. So people who have a high pleaser saboteur, it's really understanding that they're using it as a currency to buy affection and love and acceptance. But really what they're doing is they're giving away their own power. Yeah. Giving yeah, I would power. I would put the mask on others yeah. before I put it on myself. Like yeah. naturally, naturally I would do that. <laughs> yeah. And and how far will that get you when they're all off the airplane? Exactly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's yeah. none of these are good strategies when you start to think about them. Yeah. You know, but but we all have this these fears that what happens if I don't? What happens if I don't do something for them or you know, they'll retract their love. I'll be, you know, abandoned. All of this rubbish is coming from your judge. Mm. What, what I like about this uh, positive intelligent uh, program is that they put names on yeah. negative emotions. Let's let's call it that that, that way. It's that everybody can relate to. It's easy to to relate to it because you can you can put a name on it and say, oh, yes, that's that's me." But how can people? What can people do to really identify what their uh, saboteurs are? And then what can they do to tackle the, those? I love that. So if you want to know which uh, which are your top saboteurs, there's a free test. If you go to positiveintelligence.com, there's a saboteur tab and it takes two or three minutes to do this test and you'll be emailed the results. And along with the description of each of your saboteurs and you'll probably be going, oh, my God, yeah, that's me. And actually, it's not you. It's your saboteurs. It's, that's mm. an important distinction. And if this does resonate with you, I would just say reach out, reach out to me if you want to discuss it and also reach out to me or book in going through the mental fitness program. 
So the mental fitness program is about quietening those saboteurs and activating your sage brain. So you talked about going through this seven week boot camp, and it is like going through a mental fitness boot camp because the idea is it, it rewires your brain. And they can see that on an MRI scan at the beginning and at the end, right? So you've got atrophy of the gray matter at the back of your brain, which is where your saboteur brain is, right? Your survival mm. brain is. And growth in the gray matter at your prefrontal cortex or your sage brain, which is just behind your temple here. Um, and you're in that lobe just there. So it, it's a really, really powerful program. And um, it's, it's, I basically run, um, run that every month. You know, I keep having a constant supply of people who want to do the program. I just send them through it. And uh, a lot of people refer onwards because it's just so useful. And it's worth saying, you know, I've spent a lot of my life um, discovering different modalities. You know, I've been meditating since I was 16. I've studied Buddhism. I've done the left brain stuff of, of you know, uh, for coaching. But this packages everything in to a seven week program and it makes it secular. So I really like it because it's great for people like hyper-rationals, and we haven't even covered that one, hyper-rationals who don't want to sort of get involved with all of that woo-woo stuff. This is stuff that has been validated by science. It's getting amazing results. You can, you can go online and have a look at, you know, how it's lifting businesses and the C-suites, um, team functions, and, you know, creating uplifts and sales and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I've got so many of my own clients who've just seen such an amazing change. So people can go at that and go, oh, look, this really works and it does it's a really really powerful program so if you're curious and i i highly recommend curiosity because it's a sage superpower um go and take the test and reach out to you long reach out to me have a look through the positive intelligence website and the other thing is if you don't want to do the seven week program there's a book go mm. and get the positive intelligence book by a guy called um shirzad shami and it's it's been a new york bestseller and it's pretty much got the whole methodology behind that. And if you want to just look up Georgina Hallaby YouTube, I've got loads of, you know, deep dives into how, how we do mental fitness and, and, and good things that you can start practicing straight away. There's so loads you, of stuff out there. You, you mentioned the sage, sage powers. Yeah. Right. They, they are the opposite of the saboteurs. How, how, what, what, what are they, those powers? Ah, so when you switch off all of the narrative circuitry, all of the talking, like all of the fear based stuff, you switch that off. There's a part of your mind that comes online that is naturally wise. It's a mm. bit that is very, very quiet. And it's always I've been a, always been a great believer that no matter what happens, I can always go inwards and reflect and I have all the answers that I need within. And that, that's that wise part of you that is able to witness yourself without getting uh, sucked into your story, right? So what, what um, positive intelligence did was they distilled down all the different superpowers that we have, and we have many, into five key superpowers in the same way that you might have all of the various colors from red, green, blue, right? So these are their five sage superpowers. So the first one is empathy. Sounds easy. It's not. I, I find that people find it really hard to have self, self-empathy, self-compassion. They often have it for others, very rarely for yourself. So whenever we're able to sort of take a step back and to stop and to access our empathy, to come from our own heart, there is so much self-compassion that I, it's like our, our body and our mind knows exactly what we need to do to heal. We just need to listen. Right. The next one is curiosity. So that's the explorer superpower. And so when we are you know, going through the world with beginner's eyes, almost like a curious ethnographer, we're not bringing any of our bias into 
anything. Mm. We're just experiencing things for how they are. And when we're going um, forward with a curious mind, with an explorer's mind, that inhibits the judge because the judge will kind of project what we expect to see with all of the stories around it. Uh, whereas when we're curious, we, it's almost like a childlike approach to everything. Yeah, so that's another one. And then the next one is creativity. So that's our innovate superpower. And that's a beautiful one because uh, it, it works on the premise that whatever we hear or whatever we experience, there must be a nugget of truth to it. Often what we do is we shut ourselves down from exploring things or being creative because our judge comes in and goes, oh, no, that's rubbish. Right. So whatever anybody says that we would normally discount, we start with the premise of there must be at least 10 percent of something good within that. And then we get to build on that. And the idea is when we innovate, it's an idea. It's like a way of brainstorming where so we like, take like like uh, I don't agree with you. Instead of saying I don't agree with you, you would say, OK, I don't agree with you at 90 percent, but 10 percent. I think I can agree with you. And that is this the, the part I agree with. Kind of, except if you yeah. say, I don't agree with you 90%, you're going to get their saboteur, their judge saboteur reacting with yours. Right. So there, there's a technique that they call the, call the yes and game. So if you say something and I disagree with it 90%, I would lean into the 10% and I would say yes. And what I love about that idea is, mm. and I would, I would build that connection with you by reflecting that 10% that could be built on. And then I would say, and, and not or, and what we could do is maybe expand on that by doing this or by doing that. So what you're doing is you're stopping their resistance mm. and you're acknowledging them. Because one of the things is if people don't feel acknowledged or heard, they're not going to receive what it is that you have to say. So it, the, the innovate, innovate superpower is really based on um, being able to take in information and build on it and expand on it. So this is the, the, also the creativity superpower. And that, you know, we all understand about creativity. Um, the next one is perspective. My favorite. It's this idea that we go in and we consult with our wiser elder self. So if you were to look at yourself when you're 80 years old and you're sound of mind and sound of body, what advice would you give yourself right now? And generally, it will always be a longer term view, which is this isn't important or this is what's really, really important. It's, it's great for giving you that sort of perspective in the grander scheme of things scheme of things and then the last um superpower is clear-headed action it's the ability to activate so it's almost like a jedi knight you know you've got bombs going off and monsters everywhere and he's there just focused in the moment right and executing uh, with clear-headed focus so that's that's the final superpower right but what is important to say i think is yes that... and what is important to say and what is important to say <laughs> yeah <laughs> is that it doesn't come overnight. <laughs> I What doesn't come overnight is switching off your saboteur brain, but yes. it's always there. If you, yes. if you, it's not something you need to grow. Your superpowers are there. Yes, yes. And that is, this is where I wanted to go, is that, is that the saboteurs are always there. They would never, they would never disappear. So you have to learn to switch them off or not to listen to them so that you can uh enhance your your superpowers yeah right yeah because a lot of people think this is going back to what you were saying at the, at the beginning of the conversation you know i'm going to be uh happy when i can uh stop uh, complaining all the time no it doesn't work it doesn't work like that because this is a saboteur this is a saboteur talking to you so learn to not listen to it yeah rather than killing it 
Yeah, you can't you can't kill yeah. the saboteurs because they're yeah. just the voices in your head, and ultimately yeah. you're not you're not responsible for the voices in your head. We we think we are, but really they we don't know where they come from. They just kind of yeah. bubble up uh, from our subconscious. And there is certain works that we can do to sort of reframe and realign them because they do come from beliefs. Um, but the other thing is when you start to listen to your sage brain, you start to make better decisions and that mm. affects your self-confidence. It, it affects how you feel about yourself, which also changes your self-talk. It makes it more positive. So a lot of what I do with my clients is it's shifting from this place of negative self-talk and self-doubt to true self-confidence and self-trust. And that comes from knowing that they have all the wisdom that they need within. And I cannot stress that enough because everyone just focuses on the saboteurs because it consumes their mind. But imagine being able to tap into creative creativity, resourcefulness, empathy, perspective, whenever you want it. Imagine what that will mean as a leader, as a founder, as a parent, as a child, as a friend, right? How that will make your life imaginably better, you know? Mm. Uh, and you, you get a peace of mind your mind just starts to still because you're not listening is less of a cacophony of your saboteurs. They're still there, but you're like, Oh, there goes my judge again. It's like, yeah. you know, like water off a duck's back. There it goes. You yeah, exactly. Exactly. And what, what, one of the things I've learned through this program, but also through, through experience is that when the saboteurs are talking to you, there is always a physical reaction from your body. Or sometimes yeah. your body, your body reacts be even before you know it. Yeah. And so one aspect is to learn to uh, identify those physical reactions so that you can so that you can control control your your saboteur. I can give I can give an example, which is something that actually happened when I follow the program, uh, the foundation course, uh, the positive intelligence foundation course. Uh, there's a moment where um, he asks you uh, to go to uh, to to reproduce your imposter syndrome. And so it, you put yourself into a, into a, into a, um, a situation where you let the imposter syndrome talk to you, but at the same time you want to be uh, aware of what's going on in your, in your physical body. And what I what I realized is that when my when my imposter syndrome was talking to me, my body was like was like closing down like like a clam, mm. you know, uh, like I was I wanted to go back into a fetus position, yeah. right? If it makes if it makes sense. And so in order now I'm more aware that I'm more aware of it, I know how to respond. I just have to straighten up again. I put, you know, if I if I if I'm bending forward because I'm going into that fetus position, I just have to, if I'm sitting on a chair, I just have to sit straight. And immediately, like immediately, my imposter syndrome will quiet down. It is very, very powerful. It is amazing, isn't it? Our body speaks our mind. And, and when we, we change our posture, it has a physiological effect on everything. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's very powerful. Yeah. So this is definitely something that I would recommend, you know, entrepreneurs, obviously, but every, everybody pay attention, be more aware of the physical reactions in your body when you yeah. get angry, for instance, or when the judge is talking, is talking to you. So maybe then, Lauren, we should talk about, you know, how they can shift. You're talking about using the physiology to yeah. shift from one mindset to the next. Maybe we should talk to them about how how they can flex that muscle to move from saboteur brain to sage brain. Well, go on. Go on. Yeah. Give, give uh, a couple of examples. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's really very simple. It's not brain science, except 
kind of is brain <laughs> <laughs> um so we basically use our body as a vehicle to switch off our mind because mm. our mind is always you know it's either in the future with all the have to's need to's or the what ifs right which is where anxiety lives and that that's just fiction that's uh mind reading or you know future gazing does not exist or it's in the past sort of replaying things which is also fiction because mm -hmm. we're actually in the present experiencing it our mind very rarely inhabits the present but our body is always 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 in the present so we use our body to sort of bring our brain back to present so very simple things you can use your breath or your five senses so we've got taste touch smell sight hearing yeah mm -hmm. so um everyone knows how to breathe i think when anybody's really stressed everybody says take a deep breath and that's because it's powerful it's it's also physiologically wise you to respond to you know when we relax we have a big exhale because our body automatically knows that that's the breath is connected to relaxation. But I'm going to teach you a couple of really easy, easy, easy techniques to switch your Be brain. Before, before you do that, I would want to say the breathing. Do not breathe through your mouth. Always use your nose. So oh, why is that? It, because the nose was made to breathe, not the mouth. So it's very counterintuitive. Hmm. But if you think, if you, if you really think about it, like the mouth is made to eat, to eat. The nose is where the air naturally should come in because they are, you know, the air, the air, when it comes into your nose, it is filtered and then it goes directly into your lungs. That's interesting. There's, there's different techniques that you use in healing, whereby you use, depending on if you're giving or receiving, depending on what you're doing, where they do encourage breathing out. As, as part of the releasing program but i love that in terms of just focusing on the nose okay focus on the nose <laughs> perfect okay so um let's do something with sight so i'm yeah. gonna i'm gonna ask everybody who's who's listening who can't see to to play i'm gonna um i'm gonna demonstrate this on Laurent. so Laurent, i'm gonna hold my hands I'm slightly askew aren't i on on there we go so i want you to look at my hands can you see my mm -hmm. hands and yes. I just want you to watch them. You can watch one or the other or both. Okay, just watch. Okay. Ready? Go. Yeah. I'm just opening up my hands and I'm moving them across the screen, and I go stop. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, what was the quality of your mind just then? I was. Uh, uh, it was quiet. It was, it was quiet. Only, yeah, it went. It went like nothing. It was like, uh, you know, I was dead. <laughs> yeah. Except you weren't dead. If I was to jump no. out at you, yeah, yeah, you'd yeah. be able yeah, to yeah. relax, um, yeah. to react. Okay, so how did that feel? It felt good. It felt I was at peace. Yeah, it's peaceful, yeah. calm, yes. present. Yes. Yes. And how long did that take us? It was immediate. Yeah, it was like a second or two, right? It yeah. didn't take very, very long. No. So what we did was we engaged your eyesight to focus on an object and we mm. could do this in terms of anyone who's listening focus on an object far far away focus on mm. an object nearby so you're putting your mind into your senses and when you do that you switch off all of the rumination in your mind all of the narrative circuitry and you get present in your body and when that happens your sage brain automatically comes on comes online and of course you know you think about how we could deal with any problems that we can only deal with them from the present moment not projecting or conjecting it's just in the moment so that's one way another way is you know sound what can i hear in the far distance i just heard an ice cream truck just go by my window i don't know if you heard that at all um or what can you hear nearby and really just listen in 
-hmm. Or another really simple one is you take your thumb and your forefinger and ever so gently you rub them together. Mm -hmm. And what you want to do, do you want to try this, Laura? Yeah. So what you want to do is you want to feel the fingertip ridges of one thumb, of mm -hmm. your thumb and your finger pad against each other. And then start to notice the texture of your fingers. Is it dry? Is it slightly damp? What can you notice? And it's exactly the same. When you do that, you switch off your mind and it feels yeah. like, oh, it feels peaceful. It feels amazing. Yeah. You know, I think anybody who suffers from a busy mind, you know, monkey mind, just do this and you'll feel it. It's like taking a lovely cold drink on a hot day. It's like, and imagine being able to tap into that when you're being triggered. Imagine being able to tap into that when you start your day and go, okay, how am I going to make this the most powerful day? How am I going to be the most productive? How am I going to be work harder, not smarter? How am I going to use this so that I'm happy? And you'll notice that there is no pressure, there is no stress when you're in that part of your brain, because when you're in that part of your brain, fear does not exist. I mean, if you look at an MRI scan, when, that, when you're looking at the brain, they could prod one part of your brain and it will make your arm shoot out or the other one's responsible for languages or whatever. So the prefrontal cortex, fear does not exist there. Mm. In the same way that the survival brain does not have love as a, as a component part. So when you're in that place, it's calm, clear-headed action, perspective, creativity. So what we do, if you put it all together into the operating system, is when you feel that you're having a negative emotion, stop, because that means you're in saboteur mode. All right. So that's the first muscle. Do something like listening or breathing or, you know, use your senses just for three breaths, 10 seconds to switch to that part of your brain that is your sage brain. Now, the one thing that we didn't talk about was the sage perspective, which is every every circumstance can be turned into a gift or an opportunity. So then you step into that perspective and you go, OK, what can I do right now to turn it into one? You access your resourcefulness, your creativity, your empathy, whatever it is, you'll know because you'll just be in that space of still focus. And that's that's it. That's the operating system. Three steps. So easy. Yeah. Very, very simple. Very, very straightforward. Yeah. Yes. yes. Keep it simple. That's that's it's always you always go back to that. Simplicity always wins. Um. Well, I can feel your I can feel your passion, but now I would like to um, to talk about you, the entrepreneur, because okay. this show this show is about entrepreneurship. Yeah. What have What have you learned about yourself since you became an entrepreneur? It's really funny because um, I, in my background, I was always working in marketing and sales, and I could yeah. sell anything. You know, I mm. could have conversations about I could charge anything as well. And there would be no residue of feeling self-conscious at all. Now, as a as, as an entrepreneur, having my own coaching business, the biggest thing that I struggled with was that whole idea of how do I go out there and sell myself? Yeah. You know, will anyone want to buy that? And how can I charge this amount? You know, money blocks and all of that. The idea is your net worth is your self-worth. I had to go through all of that really confronting stuff, you know, getting on social, going out there. And I never want to be salesy, even though my background is in sales. I had a whole load of beliefs around that, which was stopping me from showing up in the way I needed to be because I was thinking about myself. And really, as a good coach, we need to get out of our own way and just be there in service of our clients. So I had to go through all of that self-doubt. Stop, stop being the bottleneck. Stop being the bottleneck. You know, exactly. and and luckily I, I I went on a coaching program, 
you know, I got I got a coach and they powered mm. me through. It was wonderful, uncomfortable, wonderful. Mm. But that was wasn't... the greatest realization. It wasn't it was never about me. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. It is this is a great one because a lot of entrepreneurs suffer from this one. Yeah. Uh, especially especially solo solopreneurs or small small business owners. You, because at one point you you have to reach a point if you if your business is growing at the beginning is a lot about you because you know you do everything but if you want if your business is growing and if you want to get it to the next level you really have to step out so that you start building something that goes beyond you yeah and that is really difficult to do because you have to remove yourself from the equation you have to elevate yourself and look at the at the big at the big picture. It's very difficult to do because, you know, your company is your baby. Yeah. Would you leave? Would you let the baby to someone else? Right. No, but at the same time, <laughs> would you would you sit there with your baby and 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 strangle it? Which is exactly. often what we do. You know, yeah. we we get in our own way, and really, what we yeah. need to do is get out of our own way. And when I say get out of our own way, that means get out of our heads and our overthinking and our self doubt. So try, try doing these, you know, exercises mm. that we've given you because it will, it will give you that perspective. Amazing. I'm happy we uh, yeah. talked a little bit about the, the but, uh, one, of, one of the bottlenecks. Great. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I guess I just have, you know, one last, two more questions. One is, you know, taking into account all your experience as an entrepreneur, as a coach, you know, what would be the one recommendation that you would give to other entrepreneurs? I need to think about that. Listen. Listen. Listen, deeply listen. Listen to yourself, not your overthinking mind. Get in, spend time with yourself. Really sort of listen to that wiser part of yourself. Access that part of your brain that serves you and then listen. It will give you the perspective that you need. And then also listen to what the market says. Mm -hmm. You know, you're developing a product that I assume you're developing a product or you're offering a service that is there to, to help somebody or to do something. So listen. And I think that so often we're so busy talking at or pushing things. We're not really listening. And, and, and as, as a result, we're not able to respond to what's actually happening out there. So listen to yourself. Listen, just listen. Amazing. Great, great recommendation. One more question. How can people contact you if they want to know more about you and, you know, uh, know more about the Positive Intelligence Program? Amazing. So you can look me up on georginahallaby.com. You'll be putting my website in the show notes, right? Yes, Noah? it will be in the show yeah. notes. Yes. Yeah. And I've got a, an offer on my website that if you want to come and have a chat with me, just book in a discovery call. It's 30 minutes if you want to chat or 90 minutes if you want to have a coaching session with me, um, I would say, you know, um, it's no obligation. It's completely free, but only do that if you're really interested in, in expanding yourself and growing yourself, because it's it's we spend a good hour and a half working out what gets in your way, <laughs> including your saboteurs and what's behind that and then where you want to get to and what will get you there. So by all means, book a call in with me. I'd love to hear from you, but only do this if you're serious you know, if you're serious about stretching yourself, serious about growth and getting out of your own way, stop being the bottleneck and be yeah, the... You, you can't steal finishing. my line. Yeah, be the fountain. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Georgina, for your time today.
Thank you, Laurent. It's been lovely speaking with you all. I hope you found the insight and tips Georgina shared with us today helpful to tackle your own bottlenecks. Don't forget to tune in next time for more inspiring stories and expert advice. Until then, subscribe to the podcast. That way you won't miss any future episodes. I'll see you next time. Bye.